This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. So I've thought about a few different ways to start this. And this is the best way, because I don't know if you know what's going on out there in uh, the hockey world, Craig. So I'll start with this. Have you heard the news today? What news is that? I can't close my eyes. Make it go away. What's the news? Have you heard the news? You tell me what it is. It's official. Okay. The Buffalo Sabres. Have you heard? Yes. What is it? Have signed Tage Thompson. No, that was yesterday. By the way, I've had time to sleep on that and think about it. Yep. I still don't like it. Um, But but that being said, don't look it up. Don't look it up. You're you're cheating. You're cheating. Stop cheating. Have you not heard the news today about? But this is and here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. We are not solely a Sabres podcast. We like to talk about all things NHL, but the Sabres have been in the news the last couple, well, 12 hours. Yep. Have you heard the news today? No. Just spit it out. out. It's everywhere. everywhere. I haven't been on social media at all today. Okay. Well, I jumped on just to see if anything's been happening before we recorded this. And okay. Let, and okay. So it's official. Sabres third jerseys are out. Yeah, they're out. What are they? Um, they're the black. Are you and happy red, about the goat it? head? Are they going back to the black and red though, As or are they going to the goat head? The goat head with the royal colors. No, goat head, black and red, third jersey. Unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. You know what? This is great. It's the best move they've made in the last twelve hours. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just being a wow. dick. No, but seriously, wow. they've had they had. This franchise or the Sabres franchise had some great years in those jerseys. I mean, 97, 98, if memory serves me correctly, they lost to the Washington Capitals in the conference finals. Washington went on to lose to Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. 98, 99 was the infamous Brett Hall no goal year. They lost to Dallas. 05, 06, which you've banned us from discussing and 0607 president's trophy year conference finals, which is another year that, uh, okay. well, that was actually, sorry, 0607 was the first year of the slug. So I, I take that back, but those other years. Yeah. I came over. in, I came in at, uh, with the slug. Sorry yeah. to hear that terrible Jersey off. You know, <laughs> you know, while we're on the topic, I'll never forget the first time I saw that Jersey. I, I was in Buffalo training for the season i actually stayed in buffalo that summer yeah lived there went to the rink every day with dougie mckenney one of the best things i ever did anyway we're in the middle of the workout or we just finished and we walked back into rip's room there remember the cage you had the cage with all the stuff behind it so anyway it there's this jersey a dark blue jersey hanging with this yellow thing on the front yeah and I, I stood there and stared at it for, I was like, 
And then finally someone came in. I, I don't know who it was. It might've been uh, I, one of the other trainers that, that is no longer there. And I, I said, whoa, whoa, what, what's that? And they said that there, Petey, that is the new blue and gold Buffalo Sabres jersey. And I said, shut the fuck up. No way. No way that would ever get approved as the new blue and gold. I said, that is fucking terrible. And they're like, well, uh, <laughs> and I said, I said, tell me, tell me you're kidding. I'm like, that is our new jersey. Yeah. I was a big fan of I I, I love the goat head. I love the goat head. I, for me, I don't associate the goat head with the, with the, the red, black, and white. I don't associate with Buffalo Sabres because you have to remember when I was nine years old or 10 years old, I got a hockey Jersey from my uncle. I opened it up. Royal blue Sabres Jersey was completely pissed because my brother got the Philadelphia flyer. He got first pick because he was the oldest. And I got the Sabres jersey, but it was royal. And I look back to that picture now. It's unbelievable. That is the Buffalo Sabres, not this black and 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 red and white goat head. Now, okay, so so I grew up in St. Catharines. I'll tell you this. Get that goat head on the front logo with the royal colors, and you have a grand slam. So I grew up in St. Catharines and I, so we saw like a lot of Sabres footage. And I, I remember sports test TSN doing something I've been showing with the night that they unveiled the jerseys and skated out and all the guys came out and they had the jerseys on. I, I don't know if it was after a game and they came out or it was an open practice or something, but I remember thinking those are, that's not Buffalo Sabres, but then I get drafted by them probably six, five, six, seven years later or whatever it was. I don't know what year they switched over, but it was probably only a few years later. And uh, I I absolutely love the goat head now. I mean, I think it's an iconic jersey. They, and like I said to you, the team had great years in it, you know? So that's why I love the move. Anyway. Iconic. Not so much. Tell of a jersey. Well, Dominic Hasek, arguably the greatest player to ever don skates, wore that jersey. I mean, it's iconic. I mean, that's when you think of Dominic Hasek, you think of him in that jersey. And he's, people say he's one of the greatest players, goalie for sure, maybe. But yeah, it's an iconic jersey, in my opinion. No, you know, to, to, to say that Dominic Hasek is one of the greatest player to don skates, like the greatest player to don skates is kind of like, you know, well, where on. do you put him in goaltender? Greatest goaltender. Mm. I would put I would put Marty Berdur number one. And I would have um, Dominic Hasek, um basically standing shoulder to shoulder with Patrick Waugh. I think both those two guys have played incredible. All three of them were incredible. I just think Marty Berdur, and you know, it's hard to say. It's it's hard to say because Marty Berdur played in front of the best team for a very long time. They they played in basically he played in the trap era. Okay, when New Jersey only allowed fifteen shots a game, where Dominic Asik is getting pumped because Sabers suck. 
and he's getting 30, you that, know, nine. That pisses players off from his teams. Like 99, when they say that they only had Hasek, like they had a really, they had a. No, they didn't only have Hasek, but if they didn't have Hasek, that team might not even make the playoffs. Who's the leading scorer on the team? That year? Yep. Uh, Could it maybe Shatan here? Shatan or Pekka, maybe? Shatan. Was he not here that year in 98, 99? It's like three years in the league. Trying to think of who. For me, you know, was it a solid team? Listen, listen. I mean, you talk to Pex. Okay, I talked to him. Shatan led the the team in scoring. That year, yeah, oh, great. He had uh, he had forty goals, twenty six assists. Then you had Mike Pekka, fifty six. So, like the highest point guy on that team, sixty six points, fifty six points, fifty forty sixty six points. Yeah, sixty six points. Cage Thompson had sixty eight, and he played on a shitball team. Miralov Satan had 66 points and they went to the Stanley Cup finals. That's pretty unbelievable. Their third leading scorer on the team is Michael Grosick. Give me a friggin' break. Curtis Brown is number four. Give me a friggin' break. Dixon Ward, Jason Woolley. Are you. Well, Jason Woolley put up right some now. good numbers that year. Come on. Great. As a def- <laughs> well, as a Great. defenseman, those are those are good numbers. Great numbers. Points. Great numbers. Jason Woolley was one of the top defensemen in the league back then, right? Not. The team sucked. Rob Ray. I know you don't want to hear it, buddy. But your team was average at best. Not saying they were terrible. They were average. But it's we talk about chemistry. Rob Ray talks about this, and he's going to lose his shit, okay? When someone comes up to the rink in the next couple days. Well, how, says, do you say this to, how do you say this to a guy like Mike Becca? I've already told him that. What are you talking about? <laughs> we play poker together. Like, the, the, the team wasn't that good, Pax. What are you talking about? You're a second-leading scorer. That's your first problem. You're the second-leading scorer on the team? At 56 points, and you guys were a Stanley, uh, a Stanley Cup final team? No, you weren't, because you had a freaking goaltender. You had a goaltender that was playing out of his mind. You are such an asshole. What? <laughs> are we all going to sit here and say that the Buffalo Sabres in 1999, when they went to the Stanley Cup, uh, Stanley Cup finals, are, are, were, were a world-class team? No, they weren't. They had a world-class goaltender, and they had a team that played for each other. Mike Pekka has told me multiple times, he says this team was by far the tightest team he ever played on. The guys cared. They weren't big point producers, but they played with it within themselves. They played more for team success than individual success, and that chemistry on that team took them a very, very, very long way. But don't get anything. Don't get mistaken here. If they don't have Dominic Hasek, team might not even make the playoffs. Okay. All right. Where'd they end up? Where'd they end up in the standings? Do you know that year? Do you know they were 37, 28, and 17? 
Listen to me. Like, they were in the Northeast. There's only five teams in the Northeast. They were fourth. They were so, fourth. Yeah, what was the playoff? Senators were ahead of them. Toronto Maple Leafs were ahead of them. Boston were, was ahead of them. They played Boston and, and the that Sabres year in the playoffs. Final in at number four in the East. Jeez, Louise. I can't take any more of this. All right. What are we talking about in this episode? It is the central division. It is the central. Yes. It's a strong division, too. Strong division. Tough, uh, tough trying to pick a top four. Very tough trying to put, uh, you know, your bottom four teams. That being said, um, it's very easy to pick the uh, the bottom feeder in uh, in the central. Very easy, but it was very difficult because I think the central is a very strong um, division. Okay, well, enjoy everybody. This is our uh, central division discussion. I don't know how I feel about it. I can't remember having it to be honest with you. I think it what was it yesterday, but I don't remember what you said. Okay, go to the uh, central. Okay. Div- what did, no, central. What did, central division. Central, I have. Uh, now, this it's, is a tough it's one. Easy. That, Central's that, not. <laughs> that's, that's so hard. Top team is easy. It is not easy. It's okay. not easy at all. I actually think that this is kind of the hardest division right now to say who's going to be the number one in the central. This is, this is the toughest division. By far. Do you want to give me your do you want to give me your winner of the of the central? Or do you want me to it's give you it's either going to be okay. Colorado, defending Stanley Cup champs, two best players in the league, McKinnon and McCarr. Yep. And St. Louis Blues. I have St. Louis Blues as my number one. You do. Okay. I think that Colorado Avalanche are in my top four. My top four are St. Louis, Dallas, Colorado, and Nashville. I think Nashville's a monster. I think Dallas is is probably one of the biggest dark horses in the league. I think Colorado is going to take a step back. Okay. When you lose Nazem Kadri, your second line center, a guy that scored 87 points, and you don't replace him, you got a big problem. Okay, now everybody's going to say, listen, hey, we got McKinnon, got Rantanen, got Langeskog. They're going to get us over the promised land. Yeah, they are. Right wing savior, Nakushkin. You got Nakushkin there. Yeah, and now he's playing. You know who's center is? JT Comfer. Good luck. Good luck, uh, Valerie Nakushkin, to go and put up the points that you did last year with J- JT Confer as your as your second line center. Okay, okay, you might have a point there. You might have a point there. You see their third line? Andrew Cogliano was playing when I was playing and like he's got to be like 47 right now. Can unbelievable he's still playing in the league. Awesome that he won a Stanley Cup by the way. But Andrew Cogliano is your third line left winger. Alex Newhook. Alex Newhook is your third line center. With Logan Connor, who is basically an up and down, he's just an up and down checker, right-handed shot, up and down checker. 
Then did you see the fourth line? I don't even know who these guys are. Ben Myers? Jason Magna? Darren Helm, who's like 45. Good luck. They lost their number one goaltender, by the way. He left. So they're going to, are they going to be back at first? Are they going to be back in first? Well, they picked up Georgia. They lost their number one goaltender. He's not a number one goaltender. Well, there was there. Well, he, he he's a number two. He just felt, like he was, well, he, okay. So hold on a sec. Like Shesterkin took off in, in New York and definitely took that spot. But there was a part, there was a point in time where it was Georgiev or Shesterkin. Now Shesterkin took off. So this is going to be Georgiev's opportunity to prove that he can be a number one goalie and he's going to a good team. So that should help him. But I don't know if that's going to, I don't know if that's going to, uh, affect him or not in that regard, but I, everything you're saying sounds about right. I mean, it makes, yeah, Pavel makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. When you take an 87 point, but they're checking unbelievable. Kale McCarr, Eric Johnson, Samuel Gerard, Josh Manson, and Devin Taves was just named the eighth best defenseman in the league. So they have two defensemen in the top 10 on their Devon Taves. Okay, fair enough. Touche. Touche. Butcher these butchers young men. I will say that Devon. I don't know why it's Devon, but it looks like Devin, but I'll call him Devon. Doesn't matter to me. Whatever he wants to be called. Devon Um, Taves. Do you you feel me, though? You feel me with where I'm going at with Colorado? Still going to be a top team in the league, probably a top 10 team in the league, but they're going to fall off. They were in number one, number two for the last couple of years. I just think that they're going to fall off just a little bit because now some cadre, you can't replace them. And right now the centers, the centers that they have for Colorado, Nate McKinnon, JT Confer, Alex Newhook, and Ben Myers. Good luck. Okay, so, moving on. Central, I have St. Louis as my number one with Dallas, Colorado, and Nashville. I'm going to tell you this. It's The Central bottom feeder is the easiest one in the league because I think that uh, you know Chicago has done, the, uh, has done a wonderful job dismantling their team to be the worst team probably in NHL history. Okay? They might not hit 40 points this year. Why are you laughing? This it's how you say it. It's how absolutely it, horrendous. It's just how you say it, and it's it's hard to believe such a fall from grace. This team, incredible. They are. We already kind of. They're not even tearing back to the shreds. They're not. Even, they're not even going back. They're not taking the drywall off and just read. They are bombing the house. They are doing the foundation over. They are doing everything. Yeah, they've got over. thirty million wrapped up in three guys. Thirty schmilly wrapped up. Actually, thirty point five million. But uh, yeah, they have a ton of money wrapped up in three players. It's half of their salary cap. Three guys, and they are going to be bad, like wowzers bad. Um. So you have Chicago. You have Arizona, who's not far behind. Minnesota and Winnipeg, it was painful for me to put them in the bottom four. Painful. Because I think Winnipeg is, is, is a very competitive hockey team. 
The reason why they're in my bottom four in the central is because when you have your, your captain of your team, the star of your team, you have the other elite star in Shifley end the season with choice words to the media about not being happy about what's going on. Then you have your young superstar uh, Dubois will not sign a long-term deal because he thinks Winnipeg stinks and doesn't want to live there. And he wants to, you know, choose where he's going to go. I hate to say this too, and add to it. I'm not sold on Rick bonus either. I heard he's a great guy, but I don't know. I'm not sold on Rick him bonus as, as is the a coach. stopgap. There is no coaches out there at the time that they wanted. So they went with the veteran guy who's just going to solidify the ship and, and, and hopefully have some discussions with these, these older guys like Shifley and Wheeler and guys that are not, not happy. You have Pierre, Pierre Luc Dubois is arguably the future of this, of this organization signs a one-year deal making 6 million. And he, doesn't want to play in Calgary or in Winnipeg. So not, not great times in Winnipeg right now. Not great times. That's why I have them uh, a little bit lower. Tough place um, to play, man. Winnipeg. I don't like, I know yeah. they're a passionate hockey market, but it's great fan base. It, great. Fan again, base. It, it's, it doesn't come down to the fan base. These players want to play in certain places. These, I, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. I, I, I'm sorry, but it's true. Nobody would you rather play for the New York Rangers or would you rather play for the Winnipeg Jets? Would you rather play for the Tampa Bay Lightning or would you rather play for the Winnipeg Jets? Shall I keep going? Would you rather play for yeah, would the you Toronto rather. Leafs or would you rather play for the Winnipeg Jets? Would you rather play for the Montreal Canadiens or would you rather play for the Winnipeg? Like, I can play this game all the way. Winnipeg, just add them to the list. That we used to talk about back when we played, and Edmonton's yeah. still on you that. Could list. Say it about. Listen, I mean, New Jersey was in that. The Islanders was in that. Edmonton Oilers were in that. The Buffalo Sabers were in that. Um, there, there was a large number of teams that was not a desirable place to play. Winnipeg. Now, is things one have of them. changed. Things have changed a little bit. Edmonton has a brand new arena which is like spectacular, okay? That might change some minds. They have the best player in the world. That might change some minds. You know, the Buffalo Sabres are not owned by a cheap owner who didn't want to put a dime into the team. When I'm walking in there, when I get traded from San Jose, where I'm coming from, you know, uh, 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 the main arena. Then we had a practice arena. We had chefs that were making us egg omelets and the whole shoot match. We had uh, dinner or lunch made for us after it was incredible the way we were treated. Then I get the Buffalo. I walk in and I've got to pay for my own fucking protein (laughs) powder. We're not doing this again. Are we like, who does that? I'm in the (laughs) NHL. We didn't even have bread. We didn't even have bread. But you know what, though? Before that, we could have got anybody here. You know why? Because we were winning. True. 
That's all that matters and is winning. So Winnipeg is not winning. Winnipeg's a miserable place to play. A couple years ago, they yeah. were favored as a team to potentially win the Stanley Cup. Then Bufflin thing happens, and then Tyler Myers leaves, and then there's other, and then you trade away the guy that's now the captain of the New York Rangers, and you're sitting there going like, holy shit, we dismantled our team. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the the star player that's... Sabres have come a long way, though. I'm talking going back to certain cities where you never wanted to play. I'm talking about 15 years ago when we were having these conversations. Buffalo has done a, you know, the Pagoulas have changed the downtown. It used to be the biggest shithole ever. Now there's, there's movement down there. There's there's industry down there. There's hotels around, um, you know, the, the they they did a multi-million dollar change in the in the rooms to make the the environment a more competitive environment. You know, Edmonton did the same thing, building a a brand new arena. It's there's a different level of thinking when you think about Edmonton. 15 years ago when they didn't have that building, it's the last place in the league you wanted to play. All right, moving on from the uh, Pacific Division. Let's go to the, uh, where are we on now? The Atlantic. Yep. Get to it. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator 76 and you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.